the worship time today, I really felt this, this scripture rolling around inside of my heart. As we step into 2017, I think this one needs to be one of those that you meditate on throughout the year. In verse 12, go with me in your Bibles if you have them with you, your phones, your iPads, your whatever you have brought with you today. It says in verse 12 that at the time we were without Christ, being aliens to the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in this world. And I really was feeling that over and over, this no hope. Uh, what this scripture is talking about is that at, when we come into uh, this, this place with God, when each one of us come and really begin to walk closer and closer and closer to God, the evidence of that should not just be that you come to church on Sundays. It shouldn't even be that you carry a Bible. What it should be, this here, the difference that Paul is releasing to us here in the book of Ephesians is that we are going to go from a place where we had no hope or that our hope was kind of vain. We were just hoping everything was going to turn out okay, but meanwhile, in the inside, we couldn't sleep because of the anxiety that we were experiencing. When you come across into a relationship with God, the evidence of you coming into that place is going to be that I have hope. Even as we put these kind of, you know, big words up in front of us when it comes to the year of great harvest and a season of abundance that is pouring forth, and we'll talk about that this morning. But when we do that, what we're looking for it to do, we're looking for it to be producing hope on the inside of us. That when we take a look at those top three things, let it say, if you'd look at for this year, the big things that you looked at in 2016 and say, boy, those are the things that I want to see changed in 2017, those things that perhaps have been dogging you for a while, they've been pressing on you, they've been, you know, just that, you know, the disillusionment and discouragement is pressing on you to just give it up and just live at a lower level and just accept the fact that you're just not one of those people who's, don't let that stuff push in on you. In fact, when you're listening today, when you're listening to the things that God is speaking to your heart, what you're allowing that to do is you're causing that to produce this magical thing on the inside of a human being called hope. That the real miracle of coming to God is that we can accept the fact that God is very busy right now causing the dreams and the visions of your life that he put in there from the very beginning. He's causing them to come to pass. He's causing your heart to grow into the place that those things which he placed in there can actually become manifested in the earth all around you. That's what God is doing. We're not trying to figure out whether there is there. We're not trying to figure out, well, you know, is, the, is this some kind of a pipe dream that I feel on the inside of me? Or is this something that was born on the inside of me by the very breath of God and that he's got every intention. He's looking at your life right now in the fullness of that dream, in the fullness of that vision. We're not trembling here trying to think, am I wasting my time? Am I, you know, is this all this in vain? Or am I going to really see it? Am I just, all I got to do is I can look at that thing down the road. Like if I take off north on the QEW, I know eventually I'm going to hit Toronto. Because I'm not wondering whether Toronto's there. You may, you know, how much farther, dear? How much farther, dear? I could do that. But I'm not saying how much farther because I'm wondering whether it's there or not. I already know it's there. Even if you've never been there before, ask the person beside you, is Toronto really there? And they'll tell you, yep, it's there. So as we're going, that there is our hope. We're not wondering whether it's there or not. 
The very reason, the very, the very, the, the, the passion of your heart, the desire of your heart, those things are not there. Like Carmen said this. I love this. One of the, I didn't, was a real big fan when I was, when girls were young. But he did say this, the, the, the desire is the evidence that the destination is there. The desire is the evidence that the destination is there. So what are each one of us realizing is that those desires aren't random. They're not just something that you know, evolution put in your heart. No, those have been there since the beginning of time. God has put that on the inside of your heart. He, you can absolutely be confident that if that's there, that there is there too. And we can be those people that are not like we used to be before, wondering whether there was there. Instead, we know God. And we know God's already looking at there and us standing in the middle of there right now. Otherwise, he'd come to you and say, forget about there. It ain't there. (laughs) Don't you think God would do that? Wouldn't you do that to somebody? Somebody's going north and they're looking for Florida. They go, no, there ain't there. (laughs) Wouldn't you do that? Every now and again, I have fun with people looking for directions. But most of the time, I'm really nice about it. And I tell them, you're going in the wrong direction. There ain't there. You see, we can do that. We can let that boil up on the inside of us. Say, God, you know what? You got it here for a reason. Mm-hmm. And the desire is the, des- is the evidence that the destination is there. Amen. And we can, be each- we can each be one of those people that says, you know what? I'm no longer going to be here wondering whether it's there. I know it's there. I know it's there. Okay, that was just what I got during worship today. So praise the Lord. Um, so let's talk about this. If you go into the year of great harvest, you know, please be careful. It's not the great year of harvest. It is the year of great harvest. There's an important difference between the, those two things. One is saying that this is going to be a single year. It's not going to be a single year. When you take a look at, I've got an apple tree in my backyard, Pastor Tina planted it about five years ago, and every spring I go out there, I let the blossoms come, but as soon as I see the little berries that are going to become apples, I pull them off. The reason I pull them off is because I want the power of the tree going into growing a tree. I don't want it pulled off and making a whole bunch of green fruit which falls on the ground and the tree doesn't get bigger either. So I pull them off. There's a season where you do that for fruit trees. But can I tell you something? When the year comes and we have gone through this maybe five or six, maybe one or two more years, I'm thinking, you know, where I'll let a few apples come on the tree. If there's 50 that are coming, I'll take 40 of them off and let 10 grow so that they can actually grow to be sweet apples that we can eat. But can I tell you something? When that day comes, we've paid the price for years and years and years Spent the time tilling it and watering it and, 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 and uh, fertilizing it and pruning it and all of these things. We got nothing back from that tree. But can I tell you something? When the day comes, you don't just get an apple or two. You don't just get a season or two. You get 30 years, 50 years out of that tree where it produces harvest and all I got to do is salute at it from my back window because I'm not going to hardly do a thing to produce the harvest on that tree. The work that I did, I did it now. So when we are looking at what we're breaking forth into as we go into this year, 2017, what we're breaking into is not just a year of harvest. It's going to be a new season of harvest in our lives. And just like you could have five years on an apple tree of work and 50 years of harvest, 
The same thing we look at what you've done in your life to really prepare yourself. We'll talk about that today in a minute. What you're doing to really put yourself into this season of harvest. Now, the harvest lasts 50 years. That you go up to this next level and you stay at that level. You just don't go up, have a little, you know, win a lottery ticket and spend all the money by the time you get to Christmas and you're right back where you started from by the end of it. That's not going to happen. Yes, sir. This is a time where God is changing the very face of Christianity. He's moving people who have been willing to pay the price and prune and fertilize and water, even though there doesn't appear to be a whole lot of reward going on, but you've just stayed in there and stayed in there and stayed in there and stayed in there. You're about to receive the fruit and the harvest of those years of really making sure that, that that little apple seed that you planted five years ago is now ready to be, to be harvested. It's now ready to produce a sweet and bountiful harvest in your life. And so what we want to be doing, if I can share this with you, let, uh, let me have a marker for a moment. So you remember the, how many of you got the drawing in your head, yes. right? So we know that there is a season where we go from misery, where we don't understand the word of God, to the blessing that's created by the word of God. And we know that we go through a season here of understanding, then we go through a season here of perseverance, and then there's a season when you start to get green fruit here. How many of you remember that? Mark chapter 4. And so when we are right now, this is exactly where we are. We've persevered each one of our lives through this season where we have dealt with the issues of our heart. We've dealt with the fact that I believe stuff that Jesus doesn't believe. I used to believe that it's better to, give, better to receive than it is to give. I now know it's actually better to, 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 to give. And I've allowed my heart to change. I used to think that lack was real. I don't believe that anymore. I used to think there was a wolf at the door. There ain't no wolf at the door. I'm just making it all up. What I'm, what's at the door is abundance. All I need to do is open the door and allow the... See, all of those things that you had to change. You used to think you had to die young. You used to think you'd fall apart at 60. You used to think that it was normal for people to have aches. You may not... You know, you may have come in with that belief system, but... That belief system has, has made its way out. You've allowed yourself to sit under an environment that's trying to tell you that you were not designed as an animal. You were designed as a child of God. Yes. And by being that person, this is where it's all here. I can hear it when I preach sometimes. all bouncing back at me. And he's just like, oh my gosh, first fruit. She's after your money again. You know, don't worry. I hear it. But that's not the truth. When you persevere for a while, when you really push for a while, then those seeds in this difficult season start to, start to move out the bad stuff, the, the worldly things, the fear things, the dread things, the selfishness things. We push those things away, receiving now the truth of the word of God, which produces peace, produces hope, produces a real selflessness and desire for the other people that are, that are in our lives. When it does that, we're getting really close to crossing over that line. Right now in 2017, we crossed over that line. What happens when you cross over that line is that you go into a season of 30, 60, and 100-fold harvest, increasing harvest. I used to teach this. You know, I have to go back and throw out all the CDs. I used to teach that this was a fourth level, that there was a season of understanding, of perseverance, and then of focus, and then there was a season of harvest after that. That's not how this works. This is where you start focusing right now. We just give the diligence to the word of God, which we already believe. We start giving the diligence right here to the word of God, and it starts producing. 
as it starts producing, then I'm a, I've become a sower, I've become a generous person, I've become a healthy person, I've become a friendly person, I've become a nice person most of the time. <laughs> Because I become that person, when I start to receive the harvest of the first little bit because of that, then I sow, I'm still sowing. Yeah. And because I'm still sowing at the 30 level, I move up to the six. Not that the words are going forth, the deeds are going forth. Not because I'm a religious person, I've just been told to do it, so I do it, which is good to start there. Yeah. But that's not where we are. Yeah. We're in the place where we've, we've realized I've become a different person than I was before. Yeah. And because I become a different person, I'm automatically just going to do the things that I'm going to do, and I'm just going to be on this ever-increasing season of harvest in my life. Amen. That is where we are as a, as a, as a congregation. Amen. It may be your first, per, first time to come here. Sorry about that. But <laughs> as a congregation, we are moving forward Amen. into a new season. It is turned over. You see, what happens is a lot of times, I mentioned this on, Thursday, on, on Wednesday night, is that when I got saved, you know, we, uh, Kenneth and Gloria are kind of our spiritual parents. That's who raised us in our early years. You know, Kenneth had been in, in ministry for 45 years before I even met him. I thought he started yesterday. So he's coming in and he's preaching Mark 11, 23 and 24. What's, you know, uh, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he will have whatsoever he says. And so I'm the guy that's saying, okay, you know, Mercedes-Benz, gold brick, Mercedes-Benz, gold brick, and I'm, but I'm here. Right. Yeah. Right. Kenneth is here. He's saying it and getting it. I'm saying it and I'm not getting it. And get, <laughs> right. Thank you, Alex. We can say, say Holy Spirit, take me back. What we, when we're going into this season, it's exactly what happened, is that we were going down. Things were getting worse, and his were getting better. What's, that, what's going on inside of Ian? He's taking the safety off his gun if I ever meet him in person. <laughs> but you see, what the difference is, is that I had to go through this season. Each one of us had to go through this season, which is the difficult season, but we're stepping into that time now where we need to be those, those whosoever's. We need to be those ones that would say, you know, whatever, I'm going to start saying the word of God. I'm going to start either, if it's a bad thing, it's a mountain, then get out of here. If it's a good thing, it's a come here. Yeah. Say that with me. Say, if it's bad, bad. get out of here. Yeah. If it's good, yeah. come, here. come here. That's all you got to do. The problem is, is that when we started, this is me. This is a little, you know, help yourself to the last six months of my life. Is that God's talking to me about this, but I'm mad at him still because things didn't work down here. My heart, the Bible calls me, in this season, six months ago, I'm much better now. Thank you. I became hard-hearted. It's like, it's like a callus. You know, I work out now three days this week. Thank you very much. I can feel, not really, but if you, if you feel the hands of a person, I'm not really there yet, so that's why I'm not going to let any of you kind of see if I have any calluses here. But you know, after a while, you get calluses on your hand, right? That's from hard work. That's from getting buffeted all the time, getting hit all the time, squeezing and pushing. And what happens to me anyways, maybe to you as well, if you've been around the Lord a bit, that you kind of get calloused and you don't want to say those things anymore. If, I, if, if it's a good thing, I want to shut up. If it's a bad thing, I want to tell everybody. 
That doesn't work. What that does is that turns you right back and puts you back here again. What you have to do is forget about it didn't work in the past. It didn't work in the past because it wasn't supposed to work in the past. Your confession was changing you, not your world yet. Once it changes you, which it has already done, you've sat through it long enough. What you're doing now is you're saying, you know what, I'm going to make, I'm going to cause alignment yes. to come on the inside of me when I'm buffeted in certain areas. Alignment means that I'm going to align the truth of God, which I know what the truth says. I know God is a God of abundance. I know that, that my soul is a soul of abundance because I've gone through those realms. And as I begin to align those things and then I declare into my world that abundance pours forth into my business, into my family, into my wallet, into my friends, into my my family into all I just start declaring those things to come forth what happens is is that those words now that they are aligned on the inside of me spirit soul and body I actually believe them and I actually expect that they will come to pass why because there is there I'm not trying to make there be there I'm not trying to you know God please please change the world and make it a world of abundance I'm not trying to do that anymore. I already know it is a world of abundance. Trying, you know, trying to cause health to come to your body. Your body's already healthy. Just speak to the mountain and say, be cast into the sea. You see what you can begin to do now, which is a new season. That's what I'm here to tell you today. That as we've come into 2017, you've stepped into a new season. A new season where stuff that worked three weeks ago, metaphorically, is now starting to work. What we have to do in this season is we have to start disciplining ourselves and building around us a lifestyle of faith. What does that mean? A lifestyle of faith is a life that is lived a very different way than a lifestyle of fear. A lifestyle of fear is backing up and hiding in the basement. A, lifetime of, a, a lifestyle of faith is aggressively moving forward into a harvest that we know is there. Consider the story I mentioned earlier in the first bunch of books of the book of Joshua, chapters of the book of Joshua. These guys are desert dwellers. They're going to go up. They're going into this if you look at where geographically the promised land is. The promised land has historically been filled with whoever the superpower is of the day. Whoever's got the best technology and the best warriors typically take over the promised land because it's the, it's the hub. It's, the, it's the, this little tiny piece of land that is, accesses everybody, and they're in right in the middle of it there. So these are desert dwellers who don't really know. They're coming in with clubs and spears and BB guns, and they're going to go in and take over for the power of the day. Imagine the intimidation of that, but they don't get intimidated by it. They step up and say, this is our year of harvest. Our parents suffered under the bondage of Israel. That's the world, uh, uh, Egypt. That's our life in the world. Then we suffered in the season of the, 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 the desert time, the wilderness time, as God was causing us to be dependent on him, not on, on the things of this world. Now that I've done that, as you've done in your life as well. You're stepping into this promised land experience as you come into the season of, well, let me tell you something. You got to start stomping your feet. You got to start saying stuff that even makes your boots, you you shiver in your boots. 
You got to start making decisions that are preparing or that are evidenced as, uh, as an expectation of where you're actually going. Amen. You got to step up and be a, be a solid, excited person that is going into a future that your words and your deeds have already created. You see, you can see that when you have a person. You know, I was talking to a fellow yesterday who's a fighter. And I know when you, you know, sometimes you go in and you're going to go into the ring. And, you know, the other guy's bigger than you and younger than you. And you, got, you don't step in that ring until you're ready. How many of you know that? You don't go in there thinking, I'm going to lose. You go in there thinking you're going to lose. You're going to lose and you're going to get badly hurt. What we do is we step into this year and we say, you know what? I'm going in here because I'm going to win. I'm going in here to harvest. I'm going in here to take over my promised land. I'm expecting to hear from God. I'm expecting things to work. I'm expecting abundance. I'm expecting health. I'm expecting energy. I'm expecting connections. I'm expecting things to work out when I give my hands to them. And I wake up every morning and the devil may come and whisper in your ear, you're going to fail again today. What are you going to do? See, in the past, what we did is we got the other pillow and put it over our head and went back to sleep. We don't do that anymore. Now you get your feet up and you stomp the floor if you have to stomp the floor. You get your finger out. You know there's something happening you point. And you... But if I'm, it's, it sounds funny. Like Wednesday night we were probably a little over the edge. But There's something when you start pointing. You, get, you just rouse you up on the inside. Hey, you ain't, you ain't, excuse me? That was like the, that was like the, the, the uh, Jerichonians <laughs> looking down at these little wimpy people walking around. Ha, 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 ha. That's what the devil does. Say, ha, ha, yeah, you wait. <laughs> you wait till I come back to this bed in about 12 hours from now, devil. You go and see. Because I'm going out there to succeed. I'm going out there to get her done. And I know I'm not going by myself. Because I know God is with me. And I know his word is in my heart. So I know for show, you're lying. I figured you were lying before, but now I know it. Because he don't know the future. He's just lying to you. Nobody knows the future except God. And God says your future is bright. So in 2016, it was really a year of resetting ourselves in our understanding of faith. That's what we did. We worked hard all year round. Faith is a muscle. Remember that? And we talked about the creature, you know, the, the enemy of faith is the creature that we build full of fear, dread, and selfishness. We deal with the creature. We understand faith. We step ourselves into it. We come in and understand this image now indelibly etched upon your mind of the, of the, the season or the process that a seed goes through from going from being planted into being harvested. We've done that. We've set ourselves in 2016. We've been ready. God has been readying us. Before he even said about the year of harvest, we were okay just being readied. But God is saying, now that you've been readied, now that you've, been, you've established your heart on the word of God, and you're realizing that this world runs by the words that you speak, words that are filled with hope and, and faith and love, now that those words are being released forth, you're, gonna, you're doing them out of an intense desire to see the word of God come to pass in your life, and then through your life, the lives of other people. We're setting ourselves to that. Now we're stepping across and coming into this year of great faith. Can I tell you something? A year of great harvest is a year of overcoming faith. It is a year where your faith, that thing that God has put on the inside of your heart, is about to transform the world around you. 
It's about to take the dream and the desire. Every person's got a different dream, a different desire in this place. Every person has got a different DNA, if you will, about the coding of what they want to see happen with the rest of their lives. What God has done is he's empowered you from the very inside with the ability to begin to step forward into those things which God ordained from the very beginning of time. And every single person, every human being that has ever been created has been created with two things. One, a dream on the inside of them, and two, a supernatural ability to get that dream done. The problem is, is that we've gone generations now, centuries now, millennium now, of people who have never seen the, the supernatural happening, the necessary component to turn your God dream, your divine destiny, in, uh, 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 to, to give a, a mere man, a mere human, the ability to fulfill a divine call. Yes. You can't do that as a divine person. I mean, as, a, as a, just a, a regular natural person, believing natural thing. The impossibles of your destiny will trip you up by, by breakfast. But a human being who understands the destiny of God on the inside of them and understands the supernatural power that from the beginning of time has been made available to their lives because they're a believer, because they're a hoper, because they, they're a lover of, uh, of the world. Lover of people, I mean, not the world and the system that way. Because that is your true nature, you come back to that true nature, you come back to that supernatural ability to fulfill the divine call in your life. Every person in here, every person out there has that ability. All we have to do now, simple. Easy, not uh, simple, not easy is we have to start aligning our words and our deeds with what we know God is doing on the inside of us. And we start today. Can I tell you, we're becoming professional farmers. There's a big difference between a professional farmer and an amateur farmer. Up until this point, I, I even, I, my, my farm, my little plot of, in my backyard, forget it, it's now grass. Why? Because I'm a hobby farmer. Stuff went wrong, and so I just tilled it all into the ground and planted some grass, or as it turns out, clover and creeping Charlie. <laughs> I'm, I'm an amateur. We have to become professional farmers. Professional, the difference between professionals, can I read you a few things? Professionals know what to do, and they do it. Amateurs, they're not sure what to do, and they just putter. That was me. I would go out, you know, if I had a few moments or somebody was driving me crazy, then I would decide to go look at my tomato plants. <laughs> Other than that, I forgot they were there. I'm just puttering. I'm not really doing anything on purpose. Professionals are proactive. They're the people who are taking notes, that they're making mental decisions, even as I'm speaking. And they're saying, okay, my life is going to change right now. Yeah. Right now. You can do that. Yes. We're not used to that in our culture. We're used to kind of making gray zone decisions, as long as I feel like it decisions. Instead, we're going to be those people that say, I'm a professional. Yes. I get up and go as a professional, right? As if, you're, if your job or your profession, you don't go to work when you feel like it. You go to work every day, and you get up and you get going, and you get stuff done because you're a professional, because it's what you do. When we're professional farmers, we get up and we do what we got to do. We're proactive about our day. 
we know already there's a list of things that I need to do today because I'm a professional. Yeah. I'm not faking it. I'm not wandering. I'm not moseying. I got something to do, and I'm going to go get it done. Yeah. Amateurs are reactive. Every, the only time they get moving is because they have to. Because somebody's coming, you know, beating them. They would prefer not to do stuff. Professionals evaluate their process and their progress. How am I doing? I put a little extra water, a little extra, I mean, one time I put that little blue, you know, the blue fertilizer that you're supposed to melt in water. I said, I figure it's going to rain, so I'll take a shortcut. I'll just dust that over top of my tree. Don't do that. The tree died. I don't know why yet, but it died. I literally shocked the sucker and like paddles and killed it. So I'm, I don't, you know, glory to me. I don't do that anymore. I learned from that experience. Now I do the extra process, mix it in with water, and then I pour it in. And it didn't die. I evaluated the process. Actually, Tina evaluated the process. I changed. Can I tell you, marriage? Yeah, this is not marriage class. The, the amateur, there's no evaluation, no notes, no processes. I don't tick boxes off. I don't really want to remember. I think I, yeah, I did my confessions. I think I, yeah, I think I did them. If you think you did them, you didn't do them. But you kind of say, yeah, I think I did. How'd you do last year? I think I did. People who are professionals, they tick the boxes off. They, uh, it's, it's intentional. So, do you see the difference? We have to become intentional. A process. It's the daily regiment, the lifestyle, the continual release of the word of God into our world. It's the continual decision every single day. I'm going to obey God's direction in my life. I'm just going to do that. Not when I feel like it. I don't feel like I'm just, I'm a professional. I do the things that I need to do in order to get the results that I'm looking to get. Purpose, professionals are purposeful, systematic about their improvements. They're looking at them, evaluating them, and they're doing things on purpose. Accidental improvement and uh, uh, you know, tripping over little bits of improvement here or there is what an amateur does. The problem with that with an amateur is they, it's hard to replicate. You can't come back and do tomorrow. You don't know why it worked yesterday. I wasn't watching anything. Yeah, it did work. It's like when you get a penny in a parking lot. Yeah, it worked, but I don't know why. It's hard to replicate. It's hard to depend on it. It's hard to expect it when you just really just are falling into it. Professionals are full-time. They're not part-time. They're not wandering like hobbyists. Full-time people are studied. They, they go after the information. They, they're mentored. They allow people to encourage them. They allow themselves to be, to be held accountable to the things that they're doing. You see, this is where we are going in this year. It's not that God doesn't have a season of harvest. He's just saying to us, okay, guys, here's how, excuse me, this, here's how this goes. We just need to step into this one little dimension, this little thing that we need to do every single day, 10 times, 100 times, 1,000 times a day. If you just do this, you're going to experience the blessing of God in your life. You're going to start experiencing it on purpose. You're going to see the connection between the change that you make after stepping into 2017 and the results that you are receiving. You'll be able to be those people who can connect when you talk to people about the kingdom of God, when you talk to people about what it means to be a, a follower of Jesus Christ. You're not, you're not talking to them about, you know, get yourself ready for a long and, you know, extract a, a, a continual process of suffering, which is, I think, what most of us tell, if we were to be honest with people. 
is what we would tell them. Instead, you're saying, you know what? Sure, you got to go to school. Sure, you got to learn some stuff. But let me tell you, it's all worth it. My niece just graduated from the doctor, and, you know, she would probably say, wouldn't wish that process on my worst enemy, having gone through it, but she's sure glad she did it. She was okay with the fact that you had to go through school in order to get to the other side to have the qualification. She's okay with that. But it's not about just having, you know, living, you know, sleeping on concrete bricks for forever. You do that when you go to school, and then you come out, and now you're ready to go. Now it's time to harvest. Exactly the same thing happens in the kingdom of God. Exactly. We just haven't seen a whole lot of people who have on purpose come through the process, come out the other side, and now they're ready to go so that they could be those testimonies in your life, those witnesses in your life about the things that God intends to do as you go through the process that they've already gone through. Put your hand over your heart and say this with me. Say, Jesus, I receive the words of great harvest in my life. This is my year of great harvest. I know harvesting is something a professional does. And so I declare today that I am a professional farmer of the word of God. And so I know I need to be purposeful. I need to be proactive. I need to discover and do the things that successful farmers do. So I declare today, Holy Spirit, this requires a lifestyle change. It requires that I would accept my new responsibilities. And so I know I need you. Invade my life. Remind me empower me, push me to do the things that need to be done every single day to confess the word of God, to confess my expectation of great harvest every single day, releasing those words, those faith-filled, hope-filled, love-filled words into my future. Because I know If I do that, abundant harvest is right around the corner. In Jesus' name, amen.